So what is one book that you've either recently read and has like just been a book that like really impacted you or a book that you would say is overall in your life has been an impactful um, book to read? Not the Bible. You don't get to say the Bible. <laughs> you can start listening like the Gospels or the Epistles or <laughs> yeah, something no, like that. Then I'd have to say Matthew, <laughs> Mark, Luke, or John. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a tough question. I always feel like on the spot, I'm terrible with those questions of like, what's your favorite movie? Because I'm like, oh, I've yeah, seen so, so many movies. And so I have to I have to think on that one. I'm horrible at names of books. What was the book I gave um, everyone on staff? Unseen Realm? No, that's a good one, though. Um, no, no, I gave like oh, everybody on staff. Um, yes. Um, it's like low and weary or low and... <laughs> Meek and lowly. Meek and lowly. I knew it was something like that. Meek and You're lowly. Close. Um, yeah. uh, John Ortland, or yeah, I think so. Yeah, something. Yeah, like as that. I say that, what a what a horrible endorsement of that book. Where <laughs> I'm like, life changing. I don't know the, the name, name of the, of the book author, again? but man, it changed my life. Now, you know what's interesting about that? I don't know if you guys are this way too. I, I gave the book just before you were on staff. I gave it to like basically anyone that would want. I ordered like sure. you know twenty five copies, and uh, it. It was one of those books that every page to me went straight to my heart in a good mm -hmm. way. Like I was like eating it up. Mm -hmm. I love everything about this book. And the, the response I got from people was basically like, huh, meh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, and I realized, I'm like, you know, it Ooh. happens. Yeah. It's the same thing. I've had people like, you ever have someone send you a worship song? Like, yeah. This this song's on repeat for the last four days. They they said to well, you, you're it's like, con you get it's contextual, through. right? Like it so where you are in life, like in, as a season and what you're going through, all of that stuff is going to hit different. You know, depending on what you're learning, what God's mm -hmm. teaching you, what you're going through. Like I, I don't. It's hard for me because the way that I think about even my my faith formation and the way that I think about things is is so comprehensive as it is with everybody. But I don't know if there was anything that was just like one book that oh man that that revolutionized the way that I thought. I think sure. it's just a it's like a slow dripping, you know, mm -hmm. like over time. Do you, you have get, a recent one that uh, like has just like stood out to you something in it or like you're like, man, this was a great book. No. I'm actually disappointed you didn't quote some C.S. Lewis book because well, the amount you quote him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. if you listen, if you listen to any of my old sermons, which you probably haven't, but like during my time at Rivertree for for almost <laughs> six years, I mean, there was it was like every other week I would quote a C.S. Lewis uh, you know, something that he said, and it wasn't because I was trying to sound profound. It genuinely, yeah. so I would say he was to your question. I don't have a single book. I would say yeah. his way of thinking resonated so much with me sure. with the way that I'm wired. We talked about that before. So, and I've read out of any single author, he's probably the one that I'm most well read. Like I've read mm -hmm. most of his books, obviously part, partly because of that class that we both took at Fuller. Um, but yeah, I would say as a, as an author, I mean, he profoundly shaped the way that I thought also because I think his way of approaching it was similar to my own faith formation. So yeah, I know, I do know a lot of quotes to your point from C.S. Lewis. Yeah. So yeah, I was actually going to, just to be funny, I was really going to do this. Uh, I, I shouldn't tell the joke because I was going to do it, but I was going to get a list of C.S. Lewis quotes on my phone, the Mount U2 quote him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just going to see if I could get fit five or six well, into a just podcast. Just get a couple in there. Yeah, but just to see if you guys would notice, because you guys are like, you know, as C.S. Lewis says, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a good one. You know, as you guys are smoking pipes, you're like, oh, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a really profound thought. <laughs> well, as C.S. Lewis would say. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Exactly. No. If you could pull out a quote right there, I would have been so That would have been, oh, yeah, yeah. been I don't think that fast on my feet, so. Would but, you have a book that... 
Um, I've read a couple Eugene Peterson's like uh, pastoral like training books that mm-hmm. he produced, mm-hmm. um, and they are phenomenal. Just it, there are a few quintessential people that are like the the quintessential pastor, um, and he, in my mind, kind of embodies that. So like yeah. I've I've read a couple of his books re- recently that I really like. One is called um, Under the Unpredictable Plant. Mm-hmm. Um, really good, and it's just all about pastoral ministry and the heart of pastor pastoring. So. Five I would smooth stones. I haven't read that one yet, but I have that one, so I'm. Looking I would forward say to that, that you said that reminded me of um, uh, Peter Scazzaro, like some of his stuff, yeah. emotionally healthy leader. Yeah. Um, some of those books I think are were profound for me as yeah. well, um, especially like being in the thick of ministry. They just were. It was a helpful framework to process the hustle and bustle of life and feeling overwhelmed and um, feeling pressured to be an achiever. All of that stuff. His, mm-hmm. his books, I think, were. Going back, they were one of the more pivotal books or resources that I would say shaped my thinking to be a little bit more healthy, specifically in ministry, but I would say even in life and in relationships. Cool. The book you did reference, trying to guess mine, uh, Unseen Realm, that was probably... It's a profound book. That book probably rocked my perspective of the Bible, everything, more than any other book I had ever read up until that point of just... And I'm not even sure I agree with all of it yet. Yeah. <laughs> But it was just so, and it's it's a solid. The guy who wrote it's solid. Like I, I like a lot of his other stuff. But I just, and I think you had almost a similar yeah experience. Like I read that book. Like what in the world did I just read? Yeah. And gave it to you guys and was like, hey, this is just note this for the future. And I think you dove right into it. Like yeah, I everyone else to it. is delaying it, but you you dove right in and you were like had the same response. Yeah, I mean, it just anytime you can take how the 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 Bible together plays into one story about yeah. Jesus. Like, and he does, he just takes and he shapes like how each of these different pieces um, play into the story of Jesus and, and God's ultimate yeah. redemption. And I'm like, I eat that stuff up. Like that's my yeah. favorite stuff to read. So, but uh, well, thank you for joining us today. We are, uh, you are listening to the branch podcast and we, we are the, the pastors here at the tree, not the only pastors, but the pastors who usually sit the here pastors. in this. <laughs> <laughs> the exclusive this pastors group. Yeah, the exclusively the pastors. This is going to release and we're going to make some enemies. So, <laughs> But no, this is the branch podcast and we're really excited to have you join us today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the concept of hearing from God. Uh, now, Matthew, last week you talked um, in in more detail about this this idea, and you you mentioned this on a pretty consistent basis. So, like the idea of being able to hear from God, mm-hmm. and I think it's such an important concept for discipleship, for how we think and live as believers. I really just wanted to take today and just flesh that out in really practical ways, and just even theologically, why do we believe that God still speaks to us, and and how do we learn to hear from God? Um, so why don't we just, I just want to kick it off with that way. What in scripture, what in, in, in our theological thought really, where, where does this idea stem from that, that we can hear from the, the living God who created the earth? Yeah. I mean, that, that really is a, a very broad question, obviously. Sure. Um, so like even the idea of, you said, you know, why do we believe, what does the scripture say? The fact that we believe in scripture, believe it shows that we believe in special revelation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like yeah. we, we believe in general revelation in the sense that, because uh, Scripture even tells us that. <laughs> so again, it's like that that reasoning. But like you have a passages like Romans that says 
that God has revealed himself in creation, uh, enough so that there's some level of accountability that we should be able to look at creation and realize there's a creator. Mm -hmm. So you have, in one hand, the Bible that is special revelation telling us about general revelation that God is revealing. Mm -hmm. But we also know like from the, the men and women who have followed God that they have believed that God speaks through individuals and they write it down and it becomes the words of God. So mm -hmm. like whether initially when spoken from the prophets, the audience at that time took it as God was speaking, then those words were backed up with action. So mm -hmm. a prophet prophesies, mm -hmm. and then it comes to pass, and it confirms them as a prophet, but it confirms that God is speaking. And then Jesus, later on, would quote those passages, giving even more credibility to them, to where now we have real confidence, we have confidence that there is special revelation. So I'll just start there and say, like, that's where it begins is... God does speak through creation and through special revelation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, like, from a theological framework, the fact that as Christians we believe that God speaks because it's the the one of the first things that we see in Scripture. Now, right. again, to reiterate your point, you have to start there if you believe that the right. Scripture is the Word of God, right. that God right. spoke uh, through people that recorded these things. But you look at Genesis chapter 1, right? Like God speaks and things are created. Everything that comes into existence. You have then in the New Testament, John chapter 1, there's an association with like the word became flesh referring to Jesus. And so yeah. there's even that whole dynamic. So there's just all throughout scripture, it's very clear God speaking is a, a unique facet of his character and that not only does God speak, but God specifically speaks to his people, like people mm -hmm. made in his image. Um, he has revealed himself. He wants to be known. He's a relational God. I mean, even the concept that we do believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God exists in, in, in eternal relationship, right? God's very nature assumes that. And so God wants to be known. He's made himself known through general revelation, through special revelation. Hebrews 1 talks about how, you know, in old times and, and long time past, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets, but now he's spoken to us through his son. And so even Jesus is mm -hmm. the most full revelation of God himself, God speaking to us in the flesh, God revealing himself to us. So I think it's it's starting with that concept that we believe God speaks, God wants to be known, and God can be known. And so I think even that, you think of some of the, the people in the past, some of the early founding fathers of the United States, different belief systems throughout the centuries where people were theists and deists that believe, you know, God, some sort of creator existed, but we can't know him. Um, he, he's not really involved in human affairs. Mm -hmm. He kind of, you know, created things, but now he's off in the distance, tr uh, transcendent, but not really connected. Well, that's not really a Christian belief. Christian belief is that God speaks. He still speaks. He's still interacting mm -hmm. within the world. And so I think that that is a foundational Christian belief. Now, let, let me ask this. I, I think a lot of people will, will hear that and go, okay, God spoke through Jesus. God spoke through the prophets. God spoke through, um, through the Bible does God still speak to us today? Does, does he still want to, because, and obviously we believe that he does, but, but flesh that out a little bit. How does we, because I think we hold up these ideas of, of special revelation. It's something different than what he's doing today. How, how has that continued? Or yeah, how has that continued? I, I guess is the best question. Yeah, I would say, so you're, you've been on staff for a long time, so you know how true this is. Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably one of the, the most um, 
the most important attributes of a relationship with God that I stress as a leader, that one of the privileges we have, I, I didn't word that well, but one of the greatest privileges we have to be in relationship with God is that God speaks to us. Mm-hmm. And so I have for many years stressed with our staff and our church this idea that God speaks. It is fundamental. So everything that Anthony just said, we have this relational God who wants to be in a relationship. If there's no communication going on, there's no relationship going on. Mm -hmm. I I mean, literally none. Like, you can't have a relationship without communication. So God does speak, and He speaks, and He's so dynamic, He speaks in so many different ways. And I think that's the the, probably the biggest intimidation that people have is when you you say speak, if you just use it in its most simplest understanding, Mm -hmm. then we think someone's vocalizing Mm -hmm. as you're hearing my voice, audible voice. Um, I haven't heard the audible voice of God in my life. Um, I have, I have, God has spoken to me in a dream one time. Um, but even then, I don't, in the dream, it didn't feel like an audible voice. Mm-hmm. But in life, I've never had an audible voice. And yet I would say it's so consistent in my life, God speaking to me, that it's as real as your guys' voices are to me today. And so what that looks like is different. Like for me, it's just, it really is just like a feeling, a sense. Um, like I, I'm like something is um, pushing me, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, like nudging me a certain way, a way of thinking, a thought, and it is something that I think is learned. I, we can, I think, we should break this down by layers, but yeah, it is yeah, something yeah, that yeah. is learned. When I was early on in my Christian walk, I was less confident about it, more insecure, as I had some very fundamental experiences in my life that. Uh, proved to me that I was hearing the voice of God, I've gained confidence mm-hmm. in that and to where it's become one of the most, my most treasured things in my life is that God speaks to me because it, what God speaks is it's at times challenging, it's at times encouraging, it's directional, but just knowing that God loves me enough, connected to me enough to speak to me is again, one of the most treasured things I have in my life. I was just going to say, like, I think that is really like the the key beauty in all of it. It's, it's God's his involvement in our everyday life. I mean, you look at the Psalms and you get this picture of like people that that cried out to God and it, and you get this picture of God who who loves, knows and cares his people. And and so even yeah. that whole that whole concept that you just kind of display in your testimony and your story, it's amazing that God loves us in this way that much mm-hmm. that that he would still continue to reveal himself to us. Right. So one of the compliments we get as a church consistently is people will say, I, I never knew I could have a relationship with God until yeah. I came here. Uh, th- I don't say this at all in an arrogance or competitive way, but we, we'll have a lot of people that will say comments like, I've, I've gone to church my entire life and didn't even know I could have this type of relationship with God. I don't know that they would use these terms, but I think if you really had a conversation and boiled it down, what's different in our environment is how much we stress that God speaks to us, mm. that God's communicating, that God's guiding, that God's involved. And, mm-hmm. and so that is, that's actually one of the things, even when we're looking to hire staff, we do want to know their background and specifically their views of God, the Holy Spirit. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So like even with Anthony, when we sat down, there was a lot of our questions to get to a theology base to figure out where he's at, because I wanted to make sure that he had that same root of he believes God mm-hmm. is real. He believes, not God's real. That is fundamental. <laughs> that is he, a good start, though. That, yeah, that, that is a good start. It, that doesn't that, get that you through be, the door if you, you right. say no to that one. But yeah. that God is still speaking, that God yeah. is still engaging right. people, because mm-hmm. there are theological beliefs, even mainstream theological beliefs that would say that God has is no longer speaking. Sure. He has spoken in the Word, and that's it. And so anyone else, like I've even heard people in some of the groups that I'm connected to, Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I believe in, but I'm connected to relationally, the groups that would say, 
um, that like they almost say it mockingly. I've heard them say it like, oh yeah, like they'll, they'll talk about a pastor. That pastor says, and then God said this to me. And they're like, oh yeah, are you going to put it in the Bible? Because if God said it, it has to be scripture. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah, they, yeah. they almost make it a joke and a mockery. And I'm like, no, you're missing it. The, our Bible is not every word God has ever spoken. Right. It's not every word right. that God has spoken in the Old Testament and New Testament. I mean, it's it's portions that God wanted in the Bible. Right. But yeah, I, I think I think it's important to understand the ways in which God speaks. Right to your to your point, because I do think people oftentimes that's the language of using God speaks to me is intimidating. Sometimes For if you sure. don't have a framework to go off right. of, um, so I think there's an intimidation factor. I think. People fill in the gaps with you have to be a certain you know type of Christian or mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. that people yeah. fill in those types of gaps and and they kind of eliminate themselves from the process that God would not want to speak to me or or I could never experience that I think a lot of people yeah. do that so I think it is important even biblically what what do we see when it comes to God speaking so I actually remember so one of the questions that you asked as you said in the interview process it was about you got you guys kind of gave me almost like a theological test or a survey <laughs> to kind of see where I was and. Uh, one of the things I quoted was from Romans 8, where, where Paul says, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Well, what is he talking about there? Like, mm-hmm. there, there is mm-hmm. some sense yeah, in which right. it, it can be dangerous, right? Because there's a subjective element to it, if we mm-hmm. want to be honest about it. But there is, as you said, a nudging where there, God is revealing things. God is impressing. I use that word a lot. God impressed this upon right. my heart. God impressed this upon mm-hmm. me um, to do this or to say this. And so there are the, this language we find in the New Testament of God interacts with us in these ways. Um, you also see it, I think, circumstantially. One of the examples I thought of was in Acts 16. Uh, you know, Paul, they're getting ready, and they have these kind of... this. It's really a goal, a desire to go and proclaim the gospel, and it says the Holy Spirit did not allow them. Right. And then mm-hmm. it says a few short verses later, they realize, it says they concluded that God had called them to preach the gospel in Macedonia. And if you read those verses, it's really interesting. They have this godly desire to go... But it says multiple times that God didn't allow them, the Spirit didn't allow them, mm. but then he opens the store. They they have this vision, like the guy from Macedonia. All of this stuff happens. And so you think about that circumstantially. They were praying. They were trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. They were sensitive to that, and that was one of the ways God closed the door there, and they realized. I love that language. They concluded. They It was almost yeah. like, okay, it, it appears here right. that God is trying to lead us in a different direction, right. so, but there's an attentiveness there, right? That yeah. was one. That would be one thing that I would say. You have to be attentive. You have to be looking for it. And I would say, while I don't think it's a special type of Christian, there's not you know, a tiered ranking system of certain Christians get to hear from God and others don't, I would say you have to be earnestly pursuing God for you mm-hmm. to really be hearing mm. the voice of God. I agree. And I think that's the biggest I thing. I think the reason why most people are not hearing from God is because they're not listening. They're not mm-hmm. practicing. Mm. And so they're not getting alone with God. They're not practicing solitude. They're not practicing prayer. They're not saturating themselves and their minds in the Word of God. And so they're not thinking the thoughts of God in a, in a very real sense. And so I think for a lot of people, it is the it starts off with some of those basic, almost what we would say, maybe like our throwaway for some people, right? Oh, you're supposed to read the Bible. You're supposed to pray. But some of those things are foundational to really yeah. start to mm-hmm. understand who God is, how mm-hmm. he speaks, how he communicates to us. So I would yeah. say for, for a lot of people, it doesn't have to be intimidating, but it does start with a, a earnest desire to hear from God and believing that he does speak before you can even get to the place where you're open to hearing from him. I heard a pastor one time say, and I, I can't remember, I, it might have been Matt Chandler, like he talked about the whole idea of 
of spiritual disciplines an important part that it plays in hearing from God and being in God's presence. And he he was talking about like how this the the whole concept of of you can the, the spirit of God can speak, he can move. He's like, but he's like you have more opportunity of and, and the illustration he used was um was being under a faucet. He's like, you might get splashed if you stand outside of the the flow of the faucet. He's like, but if you put yourself in the flow of the faucet, you can mm-hmm. guarantee you're going to you're going to get wet. And so mm-hmm. the the whole premise being it takes those disciplines. Those disciplines you might you might not hear the, or have those nudges every single day and you, and you might not just have this profound moment every single day, but it does put you under the faucet so that God mm-hmm. can speak when he mm-hmm. does want to speak to you. Absolutely. So, and Chris, you I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would say this is you've grown in this area 100% quite a bit to the point where I would say maybe as much or if not more, not that it's in a competition, but than anyone else on staff that like this has become a a big major part of your leadership even uh, that you're seeking God, God speaking to you. He's prophetically speaking to you. And, and I, I mean, I've even seen you operate in that gifting numerous ways. And so like I know, like the original version of Chris that I met, and that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, right. like, I don't think you were as exposed, maybe, to the idea that God's speaking to where now it's it's so f- like fundamental to who you are. Mm-hmm. You couldn't separate it. Yeah, and I've I've said this a couple times from stage when I've taught. Like, I grew up Lutheran, and there wasn't an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. I've had a couple people come to me and say, like, I grew up Lutheran, and there was a, a heavy emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But what I explain, and and then we have a very common. Um, language to it is is may I may not be using the same term, but the idea was in the Lutheran Church, the, the Holy Spirit, it was a general sense or power that was kind of permeating the church and permeating mm-hmm. the um, the believer's life. Right. There wasn't really a relational aspect where mm. I, I would have never had words to, to say what mm-hmm. what my life is now, you know what I mean? And so it, it was that learning process of learning to hear, learning to trust, um, putting yourself out there and taking a step of faith to go... I think God is saying this, and um, and saying that to people, and then seeing how God comes through in that. Like, yeah. and, and and there's been, like you said, Matthew. I have grown in more confidence, and it is such a vital part to the place where I don't know that you can do discipleship regularly and in, to the intensity that God wants to do it in our lives without God speaking to us. I, I would 100 percent agree. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean. The amount of times that God's voice to my life is conviction. Yeah, I don't know if you're not confident that God's speaking to you and you're not listening. I I, I don't know how you get convicted. Yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah, if you're not confident that, and, and you know what I mean, like yeah, because like it happens to me so regularly. Mm-hmm. I, like mm-hmm. I, I've often said it, and it, it sounds like a joke, but I'm not. I mean it seriously. The, I actually said it this week. Mary and I took uh, a young couple that I'm going to be doing the the wedding. Uh, one of our staff members in a, in a few weeks, we took them out this week, had, had dinner with them. So we're just kind of talking about marital things. And I said, one of the the, the things that has changed me the most as a husband has been the Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> and I was explaining to them because I will have a moment where Mary will say something to me. And if you guys are like me, there are times you can't hear it from your spouse. Not, mm. not at the oh, level, absolutely. I wish right. I could, but for whatever reason, like there's too much history that's mixed into the voice in the perspective and like you're reading between the lines and like, you know, you're thinking of your argument. Like it's just that the whole beautiful mess of marriage. Right. Yeah. And then in the quiet of devotion, the Holy spirit speaks and I I'm completely convicted and challenged. And I go, man, like if I don't believe that God's speaking to me, I might ignore that voice because I think like, 
I might just ignore it and just think, wow, well, you know, I'm, let me go back to my own argument, no imaginary voice. But I can tell the difference in my head <laughs> between my selfishness and a voice that's not, and yeah. that voice is God, you know, convicting me. Well, and I, I, that was going to be my next question is so often, and, and you've mentioned it, that that voice, that nudging, that that it sounds an awful lot like us sometimes. You know what sure. I mean? So it can sound like it comes as our own voice in our heads. Um, we could easily dismiss it and say, hey, this is just something that like I was just thinking through. But how do you differentiate or distinguish the voice of God versus like your thoughts and your mm-hmm. kind of your your ways of thinking through things? Well, yeah, I'd love to tell I'm gonna tell my testimony sure. on this one. You, so you've heard this numerous times. I don't know if Anthony's heard this yet. Um I had a, a pivotal moment early on in ministry that that changed my life, and, and the reason why I want to share it is because I, I want to encourage people, but I also, in it, I think there's a lot of like learning things. So I, w- I was uh, early on, so I, I became a pastor when I was 20, and when I became, I was working at my dad's church, worked in the youth ministry, and so every single week I spent hours, I mean like mm-hmm. 30 hours, 40 hours preparing a sermon. And this one week I was working on this message, and as I was working on it, I just all of a sudden in my spirit felt like nudged, whatever, that this was for adults and not the teens. Now, I have to be honest, I had zero desire to speak to adults. So this wasn't me trying to make like a power move or like, oh, I've arrived. Like I'm early enough in youth ministry. I'm not even confident speaking to teens, let alone adults, let alone in front of my dad. Like my dad at this point is like a intellectual and spiritual giant in my mind, theological giant. So like I'm at this point, like, again, I'm not being funny. I'm nervous I'm going to say something theologically wrong and my dad's going to have to correct me, right? Like In front of everybody. In front of everyone. Like, yeah. and, my, and my dad wasn't mean, but I'm just saying like that was like my biggest fear, okay? So so I'm at his house, still living with them. I'm at his computer. So like I'm at his computer, and uh, computers were not as common as they are today. <laughs> so I date myself on this one a little bit. But I'm at his his desktop computer. He's at the So I'm at the back. Of, we're in the basement. He's at the, uh, the other side of the room watching TV or something like that. I'm working, and, and I... I've been working on this message and just cannot shake the fact that this is for for the adults. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I know it's not me. So this is what I was gonna say. Like, first of all, the voice wasn't, it was encouraging me to do something good, but it wasn't something I would naturally do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized this isn't my voice because it's not coming from my desires. And so I'm like, you know what, my dad, again, super kind, great leader for me, like r- real patient. Mm-hmm. I just go to him, I said, hey dad, can I talk to you for a second? He goes, yeah, absolutely. And I said, I have this feeling that this message I'm working on is for adults. And he goes, oh, okay, tell me about it. And it's a, it's a real abstract story. I'll tell you here in a moment. But like this story, and he goes, like, yeah, right on. Okay. He goes, well, let's do it. Let's get you to speak to adults. I'm like, okay. He goes, well, let's just think about the calendar. And we start talking, and it just, based on where the calendar was for speaking, it was going to be like, it, it wasn't open for many, many weeks. It was like, the next two weeks are this, and then after this is this, and this and this. So this is on Friday. Okay, he goes. Um, well, why don't we just do this Sunday? <laughs> Which oh, is like terrifying, <laughs> terrifying, right? Because like again, like in my mind, I was thinking I was gonna have weeks to prepare this, you know. And he goes, "Let's do this this uh, Sunday, this week." And I was like, uh, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah, what have I done?" But I'm just I'm telling you all that because it, it plays into this story. So he, we, I agree. Okay, I'll do it. So obviously, I work all day on Saturday on it and stuff. So. Sunday morning comes around. In, in our church, uh, we more charismatic church, my dad would have, in the middle of the service, he would pause after worship before teaching, and he would just say, uh, let's just give a moment and see if the Holy Spirit and his, like, wants to manifest and, like, through a, a tongue, a prophecy, something like that, okay? 
he goes, so does anyone have a word, like a pro- prophetic word or a word? And so no one, no one, not a single person besides my dad knows I'm teaching this morning. My mom probably knew, but, but I'm beside that. Uh, that's there. No one knew that I was teaching, not a single person. The first person raises their hand. So let me pause. The story I'm speaking of is the story of Achan who steals from Jericho. You haven't heard a ton of sermons on this no, one, no, right? It's pretty no. abstract and stuff like that. Okay, so I'm speaking on that. So, and, and the whole concept of like giving to God what God commands, like this idea of like what's what's sacred, what's dedicated. So the first person raises their hand. My dad like calls them. And they're like, I just feel like God's putting this on my heart and says the like the very first, almost word for word, the very first point of my sermon. Again, no one knows my notes. Mm. And and so like when he does this, my dad just looks over at me like, like <laughs> and he even smiles. My, my dad like smirks. So I'm a, kind of an emotional person when it comes to spiritual things. So I'm, I'm starting to get choked up. The next person raises their hand and does like, like the second point. And again, I'm not making this up. Like this was crazy how specific it was. The third person gives like a, I would say, more traditional prophetic word, almost speaking in the King James. I don't know if you've ever been around <laughs> yeah, an environment yeah, like yeah. that. But in the course of it, says the name of Achan. Again, just abstract, just as Aiken, you know, did this and this. At this point, I'm bawling at this point, okay? Because it was such a moment. So I get up and I preach an awful sermon, okay? Like I, I would, I don't, I don't think I have a recording of it, but I would never listen to it again. I'm emotional. I'm stuttering through. I'm, in, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not note locked. All those things, okay? That moment I realized was not for the audience as much as it was for, in that moment, honestly, it was for me, mm-hmm. to, the confidence that I could hear from God, and even for my dad, to know that I could hear from God at that time. And so, like, but in that, that was the pivotal moment in my life where I went, okay, that feeling that I responded to and God answered, that was God's voice, that began the, the journey that has led me to have confidence mm-hmm. that I can hear from God. And so what I would say to any person is, if you want to have confidence that you can hear from God, you have to act upon the voice that's leading you to do something godly. Mm-hmm. So like again, it needs to be godly. I, th- I think that's why it's important yeah. to know the yeah, Word yeah. of God so that you yeah. know it's godly. Absolutely. Um, and, but like if you don't act upon it, you'll never grow in confidence mm-hmm. that you can hear from God. But if you act upon it and God honors that, uh, and I could tell you now a, a thousand examples of for, of me or you guys even where God acted upon it and just adds confidence to it. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm in 100 agreement with what you've said, and and I've had those moments as well. That and we talk about them all the time, right? That even using the expression those faith building moments. Yeah. Um, so much of that is is linked to our obedience, though, right? Because when you are obedient, you see God move, and as you see God move, it deepens your faith, and the, and that cycle hopefully continues it's for the rest right. of your life. Um, but uh, yeah, I love what you said, even just about number one, I, I have recognized, I think, I think hopefully I'm growing in spiritual maturity. Part of growing in spiritual maturity is realizing you're not as great as you thought you once were. Right? <laughs> so, so one of the things I, I say that to say this, when, when I feel that the spirit of God is leading me or sense that the spirit of God is leading me to do something more times than not, it is, it is something that is more uncomfortable for me, something that I right. wouldn't naturally sure. or selfishly want to do. Yeah. So as you said, I, I would say the, the litmus test is, okay, is it, is it revealing something or is the Holy Spirit leading you to do something that number one is already revealed in scripture? Like, you know, I, we shared um, when Mackie and you and I were talking about like, one of the ones has been, you know, leading the Spirit of God leading me to pray for people in random places, grocery mm-hmm. stores, parks, wherever, um, weight room, like just situations where I'm like, I do not want to do that. You know what I mean? I just don't, because it's sometimes awkward. It feels uncomfortable. It feels out of place. You don't know how they're going to respond. And so those are those moments where you're like, I didn't just think this up on my own. You know what I right. mean? It wasn't like, oh, I, I should do this. But even if it is, 
scripturally speaking, these are things that we know are good, are right. are edifying. They're they're furthering the kingdom of God. We get to bear witness of Jesus in the way that we're living our lives. So it's like, okay, even if the Spirit of God didn't specifically provoke me to do this, is it in alignment with Scripture? That to me would be the, the big one. Is it something that's going to bring good? Is it going to bless a person? Is it going to encourage a person? Um, I think where it does get a little more dicey is when it comes to maybe certain decisions where and you guys can speak to this, maybe where it comes to certain decisions where we don't know what to do, right? We have this choice before us, this choice before us, and there is this realization that I don't know what's going to happen if I choose this door. I don't know what's going to happen if I choose this door. I think for a lot of people, that's where maybe the difficulty lies. And and in my past talking to people, that's one of the biggest right. questions that comes up with following the Spirit of God. How do I know what to do? And I would say, again, even just referring to that story in Acts, um, I love that. But I think if you are kind of submitting yourself and y- yielding your life, your plans, everything to God, again, if this is a regular rhythm of your life in prayer, there might be times where you so-called miss it, but we have to have a different view where it's not like, okay, now your life is derailed, right? I, I think that's yeah. where a lot yeah. of people are afraid, and that's where a lot of people will not do anything. They will freeze out of fear yeah. because they think, well, if I make the wrong decision, I'm going to derail my life. I'm going to be outside the will of God. You know, God's plans for me are going to, you know, fall apart. But again, I think if you're if you're taking the the steps prior, if you're in the word, if you're reading scripture, if you're connected to godly community, which is another way I would say that the Holy Spirit oftentimes speaks. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I've had many times in life where the mm-hmm. Spirit has been convicting me about maybe something in my life and then someone will speak that into me and I'm like, "Oh man, there it is." You know, there's the yeah. verification that God has been yeah you know, weighing heavy on my heart that this is an area of my life that, you know, I need to button up, I need to change, I need to do something differently. But I would say, yeah, if you're if you're in the Word, if you're in prayer, and, and even in prayer where you're yielding and submitting and, and humbling yourself before God to say, God, I want to honor you, I want to mm-hmm. follow your will, lead me, give me direction, give me guidance, close doors where you need to close doors, open doors where you need to open doors, and then comes the moment of decision. And I do think there are times where you're never going to have 110% guarantee but there's an aspect of trusting, right? I'm trusting that I've gone through the process. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've sought mm-hmm. godly counsel. I have, you know, sought after the heart of God and the will of God in this through prayer. And at some point, you do have to trust. You have to make a decision. And I just think, again, my expression has always been God honors those who seek to honor him. And if your mm-hmm. heart and posture is, is to honor God, um, God is going to do that. And so I would just say, yeah, take a step of faith and see see right. what God is going to do with it. Don't let the fear of the what ifs paralyze you and stop you from actually, you know, moving. Yeah, I was going to say either two things come to come to fruition in a moment like that, where you're praying and you're seeking God on something and you don't get clarity one way or the other. It, you can take it as like God is like allowing you to make the decision, or it might be time to pause and just like take a break on the on the question. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there, there's just. I don't, I think you're right. Like, I don't know that it's, it's, I think people want the each step roadmap. I don't know that it's always that, mm-hmm. but God is absolutely faithful to speak to those who have need and those who are seeking to, seeking after him. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I, I agree. Like, there might be moments where we feel like, I'm not quite sure which way to go. You're right. We can't freeze unless God is saying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sit, sit and wait. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, the phrase that I use all the time is I'm like, I just believe God is kind. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why, what that means to me is I know how I am as a father. If my kids ask me a question, dad, can I do this or that, you know, type of thing. Or if my kids were to ask me my opinion, which one is better, this or that? 
I'm not going to ignore them to their hurt. But there are times I've said, like, they're equal, guys. Yeah. Whatever. You pick. Make but a then, decision. But then yeah. if one is better than the other, I say, pick that one. Yeah. Like, in like even as Jesus said, like, God's a better father than us, right? Yep. Like, so in that concept, yeah. like, if we're going to God seeking God, here's what I think is, if I don't feel anything, any leading any way, mm-hmm. I really do feel like there's permission. And then, But if I go to start to make a choice and I feel a check, then yeah. I respond yes. because I do feel like that's God going, not that. And sometimes it is not now. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's don't make any decision. But like that's the rhythm that you have to learn with God mm-hmm. is what is that? Because I do think some people get so locked up, they almost want God to have a hand that writes on the wall Absolutely. for every decision. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what you have to learn there has to be a natural rhythm, and and that why that's the reason why when God speaks and you respond, and God then responds and you start to gain some confidence. Why that becomes such a beautiful part of an ongoing relationship is that it becomes a natural thing. Communication becomes natural with God versus like where you are overthinking it. Mm. You know, it's the same thing. I I know like in my marriage, I'm sure you guys are this way. Can your spouse communicate to you without using words? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Can you just read their body language and yeah. or even at times like. They can, they can be saying words that are completely different, and you're yeah, like, right. I know your mouth is saying that, but your body <laughs> that's, language... That's what you said. That's not what you meant. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like a person who says yes while their head's going like yeah, this. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but, but again, relationship, deep relationship, allows you to pick up on the verbals, nonverbals. I'm talking about human relationships, mm-hmm. right? In, in some capacity, it's the same way with God, is the, the depth of the relationship allows you to be so connected through His Word through his presence, through godly counsel, like all the things that you said, you start to hear God clearly mm-hmm. through all these other things. So yeah. you hear God through open doors and shut doors. You hear yep. God through his word. You hear God through your prayer time. You hear God in worship. You hear mm-hmm. God through godly counsel. You hear God through experiences. You know, like you you just start to hear his voice everywhere. So it's not one way. God. Mm. So if someone says like, what's the one way God speaks to you? I'd say, well, I can tell you a way that he speaks to me, right. but there's not just one way that he speaks to me. Right. Because like I referenced this on Sunday in the sermon, I, I can't tell you how many times this happens in my life where I'm just like, I, I'm reading, I'm going through a reading plan. It's it's determined by someone else at some other time. And in that, it's exactly what I needed that day, yeah. whether it's for me, for my own personal conviction, or it happens a lot on Sunday mornings. That's why I reference on Sunday. Mm. On Sunday mornings, I'm doing my own personal devotions, and there will be a truth in there that is perfectly relevant for what I'm teaching that morning that sometimes makes it into spontaneously into the sermon, sometimes mm. it doesn't. But it's like, or like I'll be reading a passage, and then later on that day, I'll be having a conversation with someone else, and I'll go, oh, that was for them. Mm-hmm. And you go, God Absolutely. spoke to me in that. That's how dynamic he is. So again, it, there's just so many different ways, but it, it, it's, it takes purposed effort and mm-hmm. intentionality mm-hmm. Um, to, to grow and to learn those things. Yeah. And it's available. You said this early on. It's available to everyone. It's not available just to pastors and mm. like the spiritually elite right right it's for those who seek god those Absolutely. who seek god will yeah, find i was just going to say that's that's the qualifier the qualifier is not is not positional authority it's not yeah. anything like that it's not it's not even how we would define like worldly standards of who is most important and all of that stuff. Mm. It's it's simply like, I mean, and you see this throughout scripture over and over and over again. It's it's the one who earnestly seeks the Lord. Yes. Like that, I mean, that from from cover to cover is one of the major themes of the Bible. And I think it goes back to what we were saying, right? God wants to be known and he wants to make himself known to us and to the person who wants to know God and to the person who wants to honor God with yeah. their lives. As you said, 
God is so kind, he will do that for us. Mm-hmm. I, I was even thinking, and I don't want to share the whole thing, but your brother Chris sharing that text this morning, my honestly, my first thought with that is I smiled when I read it because I thought, man, how good is God that the moment that your brother was like, I need clarity on this mm-hmm. issue in my yeah. life, God literally answered it. I was like, how awesome is that? Like that simple... Mm-hmm beautiful truth that when we go to God, when we ask God to reveal these things, when we ask God for clarity, when mm. we ask God for direction, He will do it. And, and I think there's a, a even a, just a simple faith in that. And what you were sharing earlier even reminded me of how I got here and how I ended right. up on staff. I've shared this with you guys, and maybe I've shared it on a podcast before, but I was super close to getting a position with... Um, I can't even think of the name now, which is really bad. It's the prison ministry. But it, it uh, prison fellowship is what it's called. I was uh, I was down from like a couple hundred applicants to it was me and one other person and so I went through this whole interview process and again this was before you know you and I had ever met or right. anything mm-hmm. like that and again I was praying through this whole process obviously up until this point I'm like Lord I need clarity we're in this new place I don't know what you have for me I know you have something for me I don't know what I that need is clarity and I need a job yeah and I <laughs> I mean absolutely and there was a and there was a realness even to my prayers Lord you know our situation like. Mm. I need to provide for my family, but I also want to be yeah. faithful to the calling you've placed in my life. Lead me in whatever that looks like. Obviously, at that point in time, I had you know come out of pastoral ministry, and after months of really praying and wrestling, I still felt like that establishment of being in ministry. It was really the question of what is that ministry going to look like. And so I, you know, I'm down to one is me and another person, and have a great interview uh, with the the woman who's conducting the interview. And I get an email like three days later that they had this meeting where they decided not to hire for this position at all. Like they just decided to eliminate the position for right now. And I don't know the reason why. I don't know if it was because of like financial hardship. I don't know what the situation was. My immediate reaction was like, I was deeply sad. Like I, I, I thought this position would have been incredible. But my reaction to that was, okay, I have to trust that God is doing something else yeah. here. You know, like yeah. God has something better for me. God is leading me to something that is more fitting to what he wants me to be doing. Again, I had no reference point to the tree as right. far as, you know, the conversation mm-hmm. we would end up having. But I even think, and we've talked before in hindsight, even after I got hired, hearing how you guys have been praying for someone that would be the first campus pastor, I'm I'm sitting here praying, Lord, I don't... I'd, I'd even, after a time, looked and saw the church, looked on the staff page. I'm like, these guys don't need to hire another person. That was my mindset at the time. They mm-hmm. have a bunch of pastors. But just how God brought all that together, and I would say it was through the seeking of of God's will. On your guys' behalf, yeah. on my behalf, the Lord brought that together. I yeah, I was actually going to use this example. I was like, I know we've talked about it before, but that this is a, a perfect example of the layers of people seeking God yeah. that came together. So you have, on the sense of us as a leadership team mm-hmm. seeking God, for me personally... Um, even to the point where I knew God was calling us to campuses and I had no energy for it because I was already so busy and I just was like, the thought of campuses just made me feel exhausted because mm. I was just like, ah, you know, like I, I don't want to do one more thing. And then God brought Mackie and then, then we were praying specifically for the campus pastor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on our side, we're praying for that. Uh, so Mackie was the first answer to prayer in that. Uh, and then we're just like, God, you got to send the right campus pastor and even had talked to like different individuals. No one on staff was really interested at that point. Okay, so we're praying for that. The other layers of that, he's somewhere else at another church hearing the voice of God speak to him. It's time to move on. And it's not out of, it's not, it wasn't even out of like a bad situation. Right. It's out of good, right. Right. which is like even like for everyone that's been in that situation, you know, like even how more profound that is. And so 
And then the long story that gets him to a city that he doesn't know anyone. So when he comes in and meets with me, I mean, I told him, I was like real upfront. I was like, I'm a simple guy. I feel like this is a God moment. I, didn't, yeah, I probably yeah. worded it a tad bit differently, sure. but I was like, I'm a simple guy. I made a prayer, yeah. asked God to provide, and he gift wraps the ideal for right. us and brings, a, brings Anthony here. And so we went through due diligence because we wanted to make sure, sure. like we weren't just being flippant about it. But there wasn't even a second along that process that any of us had to check ever in any moment, in any meeting, and it became this really beautiful thing. And you look back, and I would hope for, for all of us involved, that's a part of our now our faith story, mm-hmm. that we go, God did it. We asked, yeah. God led, and, and how did God do it? He literally brought someone from another part of the state because we asked, and He did it through speaking to them <laughs> yeah. and, and brought them to the state. So like... To me, like there are those moments, and those should be common in the believer's life, mm-hmm. right? Not just the pastor's life, right. and that's why I stress it so much to our staff and to the church: is you can hear from God, mm-hmm. um, but you just it does take intentionality. Mm. All right, um, I'm going to ask a question that sounds like a negative question, but it's not. And I've got a positive spin, positive end result of it. Have you ever felt like God was uh, speaking to you in a way? And you pursue that, follow through with that, and come to find out it doesn't work out the way that you felt like God was leading you to. Um, I'm not going to say like that you felt like you were wrong, but maybe you just had a moment where you're like, man, that did not play out the way that I expected. And how did you process that moment? And how did you reconcile that in, in your own minds and hearts? Because I think people will have those moments where they're like, I thought I heard from God. Um, sure. And... I, maybe I missed it. Yeah, I had I had two. One is a big part of my story testimony. Um, so the first one was I, I've had more than two. I'm saying two that I'm going to share. <laughs> uh, but the, the one was, and I share it just with our staff again on Monday, just as like a, a faith builder. So when when we were uh, going through the whole process of getting this building, we were just there was just so many layers to it that and like there were obstacles, and then God overcame those obstacles, and like it just felt like, man, we were like something supernatural was going on. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the place. We bought the building, had a timeline, all of these things. The financing to do the remodeling fell through, and then we could not secure financing. And so it just delayed the, pro- the mm-hmm. project. I don't even know exactly, but I would say maybe a year. Yeah, My time was, was a good while. And, um, and when that happened, that was... So that was the other extreme of the other story I told you where I'm like, I can hear from God. You know, like I was at a moment where I went, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much so that, so I wouldn't even say this, I'm not proud to say this, but I had a, like a breakdown. I mean, I was like mm. overwhelmed. I was so confused. I asked the elders, I said, for one season, can I just work less office hours? Can I just, I'll come in, I'll still lead the staff, but I just, I hated being a part of meetings. Anything that talked about the future Mm. felt like physically like the walls were caving in. It's the only time in my life I've ever experienced something like that. And it was just like this mental, spiritual, emotional breakdown where I was just like, I didn't know how to process because like my, my whole world paradigm had just felt like it got shifted or Mm. crushed. And the good of that season was I went so deep in pursuit of God in that season. So like, I didn't go Mm. home and like veg. I went home and sought God. Like Mm. it's not an exaggeration. I would go to my, Mm. my room and there was just, I would like have these very real and raw conversations with God. And I was very like, I was nervous. I was the problem. And God, like if I'm not the right person, I mean, Mm. like I'm having these conversations and I was seeking God. And through that, what God taught me was he was still involved in it, still speaking to me. It's just, 
it wasn't the pathway that I wanted or mm. expected. And so that was a learning process. I was hearing from God, but his timing changed. What that taught me was that sometimes God speaks, but his timing is different. And so it taught mm. me, yes, you heard the voice of God, but just because you heard the voice of God doesn't mean you know the timing of God. Mm. And so I had to get comfortable with hearing God, but not knowing his timing and just trusting mm. in his timing. And, and so like now I'm way better at that process, okay? Now, as I say that, here's my second one. There is one word I believe God gave me years ago prophetically about a situation, and he has not responded to it. Like he, I felt like he was going to do this thing. Mm. I still need him to do this thing. I still want him to do this thing. He hasn't done it, and it is oppressive to me. Still to this day, it, mm. it is hard for me. I'm consistently talking to God about it because I'm going, God, either I didn't hear you mm. or I heard you and you just haven't responded yet. I don't know which one it is. Mm. And so it's hard for me. So mm. I, I just want to be honest. Like I, 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 The reason why I want to share that is because I want people to know like there's still attention yeah. in believers. Mm. There's, yeah. I don't have... I mean, mm. what does Paul say? He's like, we see through a glass dimly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. there is still a dynamic. I don't <laughs> believe we have total clarity on stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I, I seek God. I'm confused by it. But in the same moment, my faith's not struggling in the sense that I'm not turning away from God. But what it's forcing me to do is in desperation to keep going back to God and so there are some days I feel better about it, and there's some days I feel worse about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just having this like ongoing, real conversation with God, and I'm trying to so that I, I just keep saying to God, I don't want to give a foothold to anything that would be destructive mm-hmm. in my life. So I'm just letting you know, I'm still I'm still a little frustrated by that. <laughs> um, so help me, help me. You know, like yeah. if this is like a weight, if this is like I need clarity, if I misheard you, again, I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. I, I still haven't had God tell me like, no, you misheard me. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I so I, I love that. Like you said, um, yes, God speaks, but sometimes his timing is different. I would also add what my experience has been, yes, God speaks, but sometimes his purposes are different. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what I would say is my experience is like even my the, so the first two churches that I was at prior to here one I you start off in youth ministry then was like an assistant pastor and then the next one which was my last one where I was you know pastoring lead pastor of the church. Um, what I thought was supposed to be happening or what I thought the purpose of those seasons were probably end up pretty differently than what I initially anticipated. But now in hindsight, I have clarity in that, right? And so the first one, you know, I had a lot of people because it was my my great uncle who's pastor of the church for a lot, a lot of years. And still to this day, I think it's over 60 years now, which is crazy. It's like probably one of the records in Ohio. I know it's in Stark County. But he had been there a long time, and so because I was his relative and, and you know, he had heard I was getting into ministry and God had saved me and all these cool things, I had a lot of people, the assumption was like eventually I was going to take over the church, there was going to be this family legacy, all of these different dimensions to that. So I also, ironically, was 20 years old when I started in that, I was going to Malone at the time in the Bible theology department. But in my mind, I had this whole thing, partly because of what I wanted to happen, partly because what I thought would have been the smoothest transition, partly because of what people were saying. And so I had all of these expectations in that, and then they didn't happen. And I entered into a season, which I've talked about before, really, of what I call holy discontentment for for months and Mm. months and months of prayer and trying to figure out, God, am I being arrogant? Am I the problem? Is the problem here? Does something need to change? Are you leading me somewhere else? Eventually, I felt like the Lord, after a long season of prayer, was leading me somewhere else. But I looked back on that, and I thought, 
you know, God really, number one, it, it was a season where God wanted me to be faithful in uncomfortable situations, doing things that maybe were not always ideal. And it was really the question, as I look back, some of us at the church were doing some ministry, really boots on the ground. And it was almost like, is ministry a job or do you, do you care so much about Jesus? Do you care so much about people? Are you going to do what you're able to do when you're able to do it? And so I look back on that and I think, man, that was so formational in, in my mm. character and in, even yeah. in ministry. Mm. That prepared me for the next season, and then I realized even in that season there was so much I didn't know of being being the key leader, right? Being the the lead pastor of a church. I was 25 when I took over at the time, and at the time I felt like, man, I'm so mature. Until I realized, oh wow, there's so many technical ministry competencies I just don't know. I haven't right. I haven't had the reps that I probably needed. And, I, and I've shared this before. I remember early on almost having like a crisis moment where I just felt so overwhelmed. I felt like the Lord had led us there. God had supernaturally opened the door um, and how we even found out about that church and looking for a pastor and how my name had come up in the conversation before they knew I was leaving the church that I was at before. So many cool like God things. And so there was that moment of like, okay, did I get this wrong? Should I not have taken this position? position? Was I not ready for it? And I remember this is one of those moments where God didn't audibly speak to me, but but very deeply and profoundly impressed upon my heart that this, this was another season of shaping and molding for me, this one specifically with ministry competency. Mm -hmm. And so um, at that time is also where uh, through River Tree we got a partnership with Fuller, and so I got a massive discount on being able to finish my master's program. During that time, I learned what it meant to be a pastor, you know, deep in, in higher education, had all three of our kids there, so I learned about what it what it meant to be a dad. So much in me was mm. shaped in that season, right. and I and I became aware of that. Like God lifted the burden where I felt like, man, I had to have it all figured out for the sake of ministry towards other people. And God really revealed to me that no, this is a season where I'm gonna I'm gonna deepen your faith. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna deepen your obedience and shape you and prepare you for that next season of ministry. And at the time, I didn't know how long that was gonna be. Didn't know what that was gonna look like. But to reiterate, I would say, yes, again, God speaks, God can lead us. Sometimes, though, His purposes, whatever He's leading us towards, mm -hmm. sometimes His purposes are different than what we think they're going to be. But there is an element of trust in saying, okay, God, you're doing something here that maybe I didn't anticipate, mm -hmm. but I'm going to trust that you led me to this place because I followed those steps and I followed your voice yeah. up into this moment. Okay, last question. You guys have both mentioned really key aspects to hearing from God in the fact that hearing from God gives us confidence, and yet we should also do it with humility. How do we operate? Those two things, I think, stand polarized in people's minds. How do we operate in confidence while still being humble in our, in our attempt to hear from God? Uh, yeah, I, to me, I, I think you have to always recognize what an incredible gift it is that God is speaking to you. Mm. Um, I never view God's voice in my life as a, um, a way to increase my influence or to increase my power mm. or authority in someone's life. And I realize it can be. I would say one of the most missed, one of the most abused um, spiritual gifts mm. in the Christian community is the prophetic, God speaking. Mm. Um, I mean, some of the, the grossest misuses of power has been through the guise of that, right? Yeah. And we've seen that. So for me, there's this, I think I just, I'm so honored that God loves me enough, cares about me, speaks to me personally, just speaks to me personally, that when I'm realizing God is speaking through me, that's going to impact someone else's life as a lead pastor, mm. um, as a boss, like in, in that environment, 
there's a there's a, a very heavy weight to that. And mm-hmm. I realize that. And so like as best I'm able, I stay focused on that. I really do try to walk in humility when it comes to that. And you, you've been you've been on staff yeah. 15 years with me. So yeah. like you know my credibility in this area. I, I'm not giving people prophetic words that's to manipulate. I'm not getting them like if anything the words that I most often give to people are, are or it's encouraging one, but like mm-hmm. if I'm actually specifically saying something to someone, I'm like, you should go seek God. Uh, you know, like I'm, I might share this with what God has put on my heart for you, but you should seek God. Like I want you to have that confidence of it. So I, I think the, the way you stay humble is realizing it's an incredible gift that mm-hmm. God is speaking awesome. to you. Um, it was never meant to create hierarchy, mm-hmm. um, the voice of God in people's lives. And so when churches start to have that, I actually would say I, I hate that because it's the opposite of what I'm trying to do as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. trying to establish we hear from God, you don't. Mm-hmm. So therefore, don't question God's anointed. You know, that's one that's um, so misquoted. We oh, talk about gosh. misquoted passages of Scripture, but that is one <laughs> yeah. that is, you know, like... I, who am I to raise the touch, hand against? Touch not the yeah. Lord's anointed. Yeah, even yeah. in the King James, that, that was makes not applied to pastors in the New Testament. No, it wasn't. So, but anyways, so for me, it, it really is that like I want everyone to hear from God. Yeah, you know, Paul says I would have that all would prophesy. Like, yeah. all would be able yeah. to have the confidence that God is speaking to them and through them. Um, and so for me, you just have to keep that reminding yourself of that. Yeah, just to piggyback off that, not only that that it's a privilege that God wants to speak to us, that He loves us enough, that He's revealed Himself to us, He wants to interact with us in a personal, intimate way. I mean, that what a what a special gift that is. But I would also say, I mean, and, th- and this is true of all the spiritual gifts that that it's for the the good of others, in the yeah. sense that. Mm. God, everything God is leading us towards, yes, there is a benefit to us, right? We, we talk about that. There is a blessing. Being in the will of God doesn't mean the will of God is easy, right. but there is a safety in that we are we are trusting our good Father and everything that He calls us to do, even when it's hard because we know that His purposes are better and are, are greater than whatever we have for ourselves, but ultimately that He is trying to further His own kingdom, right? He is trying to reveal Himself to the world. And so while we have the privilege of of knowing His voice and hearing His voice and experiencing His love, there's a world out there that does not. And so a part of what God is doing in our lives is so He can do things through our lives. And so just realizing that aspect Mm -hmm. of, uh, of constantly assessing as God is leading me. I mean, for me in my own life, it's just truly the simple prayer of, of yielding and submission. Like I think posturing that humility, even in the way that we pray to say, Lord, I just, you know, I have my own desires. I have my own plans, visions of grandeur. Humble me. Like I, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be in your will, whether that's something small, whether that's something great, it's a privilege to be able to, to be used by you for yeah, any good. purposes. And so I, just to me, it, it is that simple aspect of praying that way to say, God, I am aware of my own selfishness. I'm aware of my own ugliness at times. Yeah. I'm giving that to you. I don't trust myself, but I trust you. Yeah. And I'm mm. asking that you continue to lead me in a way where where I'm using my power, I'm using my influence, I'm using your leading to benefit other people, mm-hmm. not as a as a way to, as you said, uh, you know, build credibility for my own sake, mm-hmm. so that I can experience some benefit from that. While I do believe there's a benefit, there's a joy that comes in serving people sure, and doing things yeah. as God has called us to do them. But ultimately, as I think about even all of the spiritual gifts, it's it's to edify others, it's mm-hmm. to love others, mm-hmm. it's to serve others, it's to build up other people's faith. And and if we're not doing that, then we have totally misconstrued you know, the idea of what it even means to hear from God and follow God, because right. ultimately God is not going to lead us towards anything that's hurting other people or, right. or really even exalting right. ourselves. I mean, 
Scripture is very clear on, on self-exaltation, that whole right. concept, and about how God honors those who humble themselves. Yeah. And so for me, that would be just a simple practice of constantly just being aware and being honest and real with God about, man, I know how selfish I can be. I'm aware of, painfully aware yeah. of that. And I just want to bring that before yeah. God and say, God, lead me to wherever you want me to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think of the Ten Commandments when it says, do not take God's name in vain. I think it's more often people speaking in the name of God that aren't actually speaking for God than it is a concept mm. of saying, oh, man. you know, like yeah. sometimes yeah. when people say, like, yeah. you can't say gosh, yeah. or, you know, or God, yep. like yep. in that yeah. term. Again, I wouldn't say God in a slang term because yeah. I do think that's disrespectful. But I think that scripture is actually talking more about people Absolutely. saying, thus saith the Lord, when God yep. hasn't spoken. Right. So I think they're, they're, that's one issue. But the, the last thing I would say, too, about this is everything that, that Anthony just said, that, that idea of that humility, mm-hmm. I think from that humility can come strength. And what I mean by that is I think if you are in a position of leadership in any way, so if you're a parent, um, if you're a boss, if you're a pastor, whatever it might be, there are times that God does absolutely speaks to you to make very difficult decisions. Mm. I'm making decisions consistently as a lead pastor. Both of you are as pastors. You are as a, a pastor mm-hmm. and elder. We're making tough decisions that impact... Like, so we're making decisions as, as pastors that are impacting literally thousands of people, right? Right. You have to have strength in that because it is vulnerable. It is, I mean, you are like, you're making decisions that might be unpopular. You're, we're making mm-hmm. decisions that are expensive decisions right. in the sense of we're, yeah. we're spending money because we're building sure. buildings and campuses and things mm-hmm. like that. So if, if you have that humility and are connected to God, from that humility comes strength, in my opinion, because your confidence is in God. I, that's, that's a, there's a weight of that. So like Mm -hmm. he he uses a term that there's like, we were talking about, it's a privilege, but man, there's a responsibility there. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an accountability and there's a relational accountability with others, but there's also more importantly, the spiritual accountability with God. So from that humility can come strength. And that's key because when you have to, when God speaks to you and calls you to do things that are very difficult, Mm -hmm. you have that strength because your strength is in God. If that makes sense, versus no. like if, if my strength is in my position mm-hmm. um, because I have worked so hard to try to put off, you know, this image that I'm the spiritual leader, that to me is false strength. There's yeah. weakness no, in good. that. There's like insecurity. But when you have like, man, I am seeking God, I'm in mm. God's presence, and that humility, I feel stronger in that because I'm going, I've been led by God. So, man, that's awesome. It's, it, I think it's reflective too of what Paul talks about in First Corinthians his whole premise of coming from that place of like, you see all these leaders, they're building themselves up, they're boasting of all their <laughs> yeah. accomplishments. He's like, but I don't have anything to boast of but the cross. And yeah. like, I only boast, and everything that I challenge you to, and anything, any authority I speak out of is for your benefit and for your right. building mm-hmm. up. Um, and so th- that that's great. That's perf- that's amazing. Like, I, yeah. like So um, thank you guys both for very good discussion. Is there any closing thoughts or any comments that you want to just kind of wrap up with? No, I just would say, um, starting with just some of the stuff we talked about, you know, uh, create space to be alone with the Lord. Um, if you're not experiencing that at all right now, start with five minutes mm. a day, expand it to 10 minutes a day. If you're driving into work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just just start to humble yourself before God and say, God, I believe that you speak. I, I've not done a good job of being attentive to that. Lord, would you, would you give me cr- greater clarity on where you're leading me? Uh, and just begin to pray in a simple way. Again, we don't have to have these high, lofty prayers, I think sometimes people right. think, or use specific yeah. language. Uh, just be real and honest with God, and and just believe, simply believe. Have the simple faith to believe that God loves you, cares about mm-hmm. you, He cares about what's going on in your life, He has a plan and a purpose for you, He wants to use you. 
and, and just begin to ask him to reveal to you what that looks like every single day. Yeah, I would say start with asking, like you said, uh, simple questions. If you need direction in something, I mean, James tells us if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom, but yeah. don't doubt. And so I would say if, you, if you're going through something in your life, start asking God simple questions in prayer. And, and then just, I would say, one of, the, I would, one of the biggest hindrances in prayer of not hearing God is you don't listen. <laughs> yeah. So we, we picture prayer. You would say to someone, what is, what is prayer? And they would go, a conversation with God. But you go, okay, and you, you would actually play it out, and it's a one-sided conversation with God. Mm -hmm. right. I'm going to speak right. to God. So like I have, have coached people for years to, to say, just create some space in your prayer time to listen. Mm, that's good. What is God nudging me toward? What is, is God putting something in my heart? So ask simple questions of God and see if He won't respond. The other thing is, if you ever get a sense in your life to do something ministry-related, something as simple as like reach out to a person, text them, call mm -hmm. them, whatever, I would encourage you to start there, because so, that yeah. is a great yeah. starting yeah. point of just reach out to that person and say, hey... For some reason, God put you on my heart. I prayed for you. And do it. Take some uh, a moment, pray for them. And you'll be shocked at how many times that person, God, just uses that in a supernatural way. Yep. And it's like simple things like that that it will start to build your mm. faith and encourage yep. you to go, okay, that was God's voice. Yep. That, that, yeah. uh, what I just heard, that was God's voice. And you'll, you'll grow in that. That's awesome. I was, uh, the only thing I'm going to add to it is if you are a part of our church or if you, you access our, our information online, um, take time to do all of the devotions, um, yeah. for that matter, because we produce seven days a week, but specifically Sunday and Saturdays are built around the whole concept of listening for God and, and, and experiencing God's voice in your life. And so um, take time and do those and just use those as discipline and as practice to create that space, like Anthony and, and Matthew said. Um, and, and, and they do so in a guided way. So utilize those tools to help you um, get started on this, this process. So uh, thank you all so much for joining us today. This is a phenomenal conversation. And again, one I believe is probably one of the most profound things that we can do in our discipleship journey, in our faith in Christ, is to learn how to hear God's voice um, and, and hear Him speak to us. So please, today, today, start it today. Just ask God, what do you want to say to me? And, and, and allow that to continue to grow and build in your life. And I promise it will transform your life in, a, in amazing ways. So thank you again for listening, and we pray that over you as leaders uh, of the church here. So have a great week.